Alan Moore's saga and Swamp Thing is fucking brilliant. It's great. It explores all of the idea of him being this elemental and blah blah blah. Is there music playing? Uh, well, <laughs> I don't know what from. that is. Brian, put the kettle on or something. Sound like a car driving past, but the um. <laughs> I think Brian has put the kettle on and is now having sex with a dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's normally what putting the kettle on makes me want to do, if I'm honest with you. PG tip. Does that mean every time anyone at my work goes, I'm going to go and put the kettle on, they're actually going to go and fuck a dog? I don't know, where do you work? Batsy Dog Zone. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's the Devil Times 5 Horror Podcast. Hello, you are listening to the podcast that's faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, and able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. In fact, we're doing it right now. Um, anyway, this is episode 63, and this month we've been looking at superheroes in horror. But are these movies Bruce Wonderful? Or, or is everyone involved in making them a total Clark cunt? <laughs> They're the two options. Deal with it. Uh, my secret identity is Cliff, and joining me are my fellow Cape Crusaders. Uh, I, I, all, my, all my superhero references are either Superman or Batman. I'm sorry. That's all I've got. Uh, Luke, Bryony, and Emily. And um, this is a fairly 90s heavy episode, so who better to join us in the role of guest devil than the co-host of 90s nostalgia pop music podcast, Pop Collaborate and Listen, it's comedian Dave Fensom. Hello, how you doing? You right? How's it hanging, dude? Is everything rad? Uh, Yeah, man. Uh, Totally bitching. Um, No, I'm I'm all right, man. I'm kind of recovering from COVID. Uh, It was quite a good timing, actually, because I had nice recuperation time to sit on my deathbed and watch some uh, some very rubbery films for you. Cool. Most excellent. Um, Before we get into the realms of... Sorry? Doing the excellent guitar. I was trying to join in, mate. I've, if, it's, if it's not welcome, I'll shut up. No, it was the, uh, it was the kid from the Old McCain's Oven Chips advert. <laughs> yeah, if I remember rightly, Lee and Herring got about an hour of material out of that. Yeah, very possibly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before we get into the realms of comic book nonsense, let's do our highs and lows of the last few weeks of horror viewing. And I suspect the same high might be coming up a few times. Luke, you can start. Uh, yeah, so my high is X, the new... You've stolen my high! Ty West <laughs> film. Um, I think it's his best film. Like He's done slow burn for such a long time, but the slow burn works so perfectly for this. That build-up and just the score is like the sense of dread throughout. And then the finale just does so many references to other horrors, but it feels original with what it does, though, yeah. and it's just perfect. Yeah, way. yeah, it's like a total, a total Texas Chainsaw Massacre setup, but it is only the setup. It's not trying to be the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's just getting you in the mood for that kind of thing, and it, it does it so well. I think. I mean, I, I gave up on Ty West after his first film. I think House of Devil is a load of fucking shit. Um, <laughs> but it was the lure of Mia Goth that got me to buy a ticket for X, and yeah, I did not regret it. It's great. Yeah, it's very good. Uh, Brian, do you want to chip in as well as you've seen it? Oh, yeah, seen yeah. It? X is my high. Um, Cliff sort of dragged me out of the house to to watch it, and it was um, old people be fucking. It was good. <laughs> it was it was awesome. It was really really great. There is a, a prequel 
happening. Apparently. Did you get the? No, so we left. Before... I actually had to run back home and then type my shop and delivery, <laughs> so I couldn't stay for the end of the end credits. It's a prequel called W. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you have to think quite a while before you could figure out what comes before X in the alphabet? I had to, mate. Yeah, I had to. Yeah. I was doing it on my fingers. <laughs> Pretty hard, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Z Y X W V U T S Q. No, fucked it. Anyway, welcome to the alphabet podcast, <laughs> which is the sexiest letter. Anyway, sorry. I know we're recording in the afternoon. It feels like we should be more child friendly. <laughs> Plus, David's broadcasting from his uh, one-and-a-half-year-old daughter's bedroom. Yeah, but, I mean, I have enough time being child-friendly. I really want to just say cunt as many times as possible. (laughs) 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 All right. um, uh, Your low, Luke? Uh, My low is I went to Glasgow Fright Fest um, and saw a film called A Cloud So High. um, And I've watched a lot of trash in my life, but I think this might be one of the worst movies um, I have ever seen. Um, it's an hour and forty-one minutes long, but afterwards, the director said there is a, a cut out there that's one hundred and fifty-two minutes, and I need to know mm. why, because um, yeah. this version is just—it's his first time editing, but it's like he figured out every single thing that you could do with editing and just throws it all into the movie. Um, oh, yeah. It's about a guy that's robbing houses. He robs ninety-eight houses and then starts killing people but you never really see the killings. You just hear people get shot and then see a dead body. And it's just, it tries to be experimental. And for an hour and 41 minutes, it felt like three hours long. And it was horrendous. Um, Emily? Um, I've got two highs, but I've gone for retro as per my usual. Um, I had a rewatch of the original My Bloody Valentine, and it's still very good. The best bits of it, I think, are the scenes in the mine that are all kind of, there's a kind of like weird metallic scraping on the soundtrack and... It's all quite dark. It doesn't have the kind of murdery sex panto vibe of things like the Friday the 13th, etc. But um, yeah, it's still still pretty good. And the other one I went for, after watching all these kind of dark brooding superhero movies rather, I thought I'd go back to the um, the tasteful realms of the Italian sex film. Yay. So I watched Strip Nude for Your Killer. And um, it's about as subtle <laughs> as the title would suggest. There's a lot of cool 70s fashion. It's really distasteful and misogynistic in places, but it's also quite fun. And it's got that incredible final scene where it looks like the heroine's boyfriend is about to anally rape her. Yeah, he goes, hey, I'm only joking. There's some... And then a freeze frame in a kind of a police squad style. It's very, yeah. it's very, very weird. There's also some brilliant comedy bad dubbing, not as good as that uh, Frankenstein film that we watched last month. But there's a scene where there's cops because there's a murder investigation and one guy has just got the most bizarre voice. It sounds a bit like Bobcat Goldthwait, but if he was kind of on <laughs> extra crystal meth. <laughs> cool. Uh, Dave? Look, I've got a, an 18-month-old kid, so I'm a little bit out of the loop. So the, my, like my, my high is I finally got around seeing Malignant about five years after everybody else. But I'm sure there's nothing that I've got to say that you guys haven't said about this film on here already. But yeah, I, I mean, Tony Collette, kind of weird kids. You know, what is there to lose? I, I enjoyed it. Tony Collette's not in it. What's her name? What's the name of the woman that's in it? Mrs. Malignant. <laughs> I've not seen it either. Annabelle Wallace. There you go. I don't know what the fuck I'm thinking about. My brain's got a mush, mate. Anyway, um, uh, low point, I will say, though, is I, I ended up watching a film. Have you seen, have you seen Escape Room? Have you seen that? Yeah. yeah. No. No, I've not seen that. 
It's, it's basically it's like Saw without any of the charm. It's basically it's there's a sequel as well. I haven't seen the sequel yet, but I will watch it because I dislike the first one enough to definitely need to see the second <laughs> one. It's Saw repackaged because someone seen that escape rooms are popular, um, but without any of the charm. Really badly acted, and all of the characters are utterly contemptible. So yeah, did uh, yeah kind of kind of hate watched my way through it. The second one's a lot better. Like I, I, really? I, did, I really did hate the first one. It is even more sore, but it's it's a lot more fun. There's a cream for that. <laughs> uh, Bryony. Hello. Uh, yeah, X is my high. Really, really great. Um, really wasn't expecting it to be so great. And I've never actually seen any Thai West films before, so I watched House of the Devil, which is Malone. Yeah. fucking <laughs> boring. I like House of the uh, Devil. It's, it's so, so dull. It's, it, it looks pretty. It looks shit. It's just like, ugh. The hair's nice, and that's it. But it's like there's a point where some action happens, and you're like, great, this has shocked me. Take me with it. And then it just goes back to nothing. Yeah. How long can we watch this girl waiting for a pizza delivery for? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like the pacing is off. Like, he got the pacing so right in X. So watching that after having seen something he'd done well was interesting, but yeah, no, mm, boring, dull. I hate, I hate it. Uh, but X was really good. So, yeah. you know, I, I thought I familiarized myself with his oeuvre, um, but his oeuvre is not very good. So watch mm. X, forget the rest. Luke, I haven't seen anything between House of the Devil and X. What else is worth watching, if any? I said the innkeepers is good, and the sacrament, it's a bit dodgy because it's meant to be about the Jonestown massacre, and it feels like a bit insensitive. That's worth watching as well. All right. Um, my high, well, my high is obviously X, but um, I'll, I'll just do two good, very horror-adjacent films I saw. One is uh, <laughs> something that Vinegar Syndrome put out, a French film from 1978 called The Jewel of Love, in which some guy uh, is investigating succubuses uh, on the, in the French countryside and uh, has to keep stopping to have a shag. <laughs> basically porn, except um, they left all the hardcore bits out for some reason. In the deleted scenes, there is one hardcore scene, and it's like, well, if they're going to do one hardcore scene, why aren't all the sex scenes hardcore? Could the actor just not get it up at any other point? <laughs> is that the only point he managed to get a stiffy? I don't know. Anyway, it's, it's quite funny. It's, it's a comedy, really. Um, with a lot of sex. It's like their version of a Confessions movie, if you can imagine such a thing. Um, And my other borderline horror high is uh, 2017's I Am Not A Witch, which is uh, set in a uh, witch camp in an African country, which one escapes me. Um, Is it Gabon or uh, Gambia or not? One of those. One of those, West Africa. Just remember, Cliff, if you can't remember, you're a racist. Make me look it up now. (laughs) (laughs) And then I can drop it in seamlessly. (laughs) Zambia. Uh, It's set in a Zambian witch camp where this little girl wanders into it, um, orphaned, and she gets picked up and thrown into this camp and basically exploited. Um, It's another comedy. It's... uh, 
it's good fun. It's 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 got some quite farcical scenes. It's really well acted and it's well worth watching. It's really good. I've heard good things about it. I haven't seen it. I've just remember. I'd just like to point out. I've just remembered the reason that Tony Collette is not in Malignant is because the film I was thinking of was Hereditary, um, <laughs> an entirely different film. I have seen Malignant. I quite enjoyed Malignant as well. But uh, I, Hereditary was a film that I saw recently and enjoyed. Oh right, so you got the title wrong, not the actor. Great, got you. <laughs> Okay, uh, they were our highs and lows. Now, kapow, bam, shplonk. <laughs> Another Batman reference. Um, <laughs> it's time to look at some very silly men in some very silly costumes. Although obviously not Superman, because he's never torn anyone's face to pieces or ripped out their kidneys. Uh, someone who probably has, though, is the star of our first feature, which is Brian Usner's movie from 2000, Faust, Love of the Damned. When chaos rules, all hope is lost. I can give you the power of vengeance. All I ask in return is your immortal soul. Now the power is in his hand. And revenge is in the blood. Sometimes, you have to become evil. You look at me like I'm less than human. What if I am more than human? The truth is, you can't stop him. I made him. I can unmake him. From director Brian Usna, based on the international graphic novel sensation, prepare yourself for Faust. What do you think, brother? Too much blood or not enough? Faust. Love of the Damned, featuring the music of Junkie XL, Machine Head, Sepultura, Cold Chamber, and Fear Factory. Sepultura, that's right. That's what they're called. <laughs> Following a vicious attack by gangsters, John Jaspers is given superhuman powers by the magical Mr. Mephistopheles. But it backfires when John refuses to be his slave and he returns from hell as a pumped up demonic killing machine. Um, Bryony, you chose this as our first feature. Yeah! Wake up, dickheads! It's time for Faust. <laughs> uh, I fuck it. I love Faust. It's so bad. It's Brian Usner. He's he's awesome. There's a tip puddle. There's him from Wishmaster. There's you know a, there's an orgy scene. There's Jeffrey Combs, who I adore in everything that he does. Uh, has a snake go in his face. There's very sensitively managed uh, nut house scenes. Um, <laughs> it's, it's just it's just wonderful it's just there's nothing quite like it it's not good but it's not bad and the soundtrack Dave I mean it is it is quite the 90s power groove metal powerhouse isn't it I mean it, yeah. you start off with Take My Scars by Machine Head in the opening sequence and you're like okay we're all in here yeah. bit, of, the, bit like I say bit of Fear Factory bit of Bit of bad Cold era chamber. sepulture. Yeah, Cold Chamber Loco playing. Yeah, that's not bad <laughs> era sepulture. Shut up. Favourite era sepulture. We, I mean, what, what's what's the sepulture song? Breed apart from okay. Rex. Okay, fair. Do you know what? I would, I, for some reason, I I'd had it in my head that it was one of the first Derek tracks that they had on the that first Derek and, album's brilliant though. Again, it's, um, it's no, it's not. It's rubbish. Yeah. Not having it. Um, but what isn't there to love about Faust? I've never, bizarrely, never actually seen Faust, despite being a fan of both Brian Usner and fucking terrible metal. So, um, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I mean, just let's just take a second to talk about the scene when, for no apparent reason, the guy M. Just turns his turns his girl. All women in this film are prostitutes, right? Let's, yeah, yeah. let's be clear. There, there, are, there are no women in this film that aren't well, essentially. 
Uh, she's. I mean, she, she's a prostitute by she the end. She gets all sexy, sexified by the end. Rape saves the day in this film. <laughs> I have no womb because I was raped. Saves the day. It's <laughs> yeah. What a what a wonderful plot point that was. Yeah. That was a, uh, I was watching this film with my seventy-eight-year-old mother, and she went, "Why? <laughs> why are they all breathing so heavily?" Right, and then and then the uh, the sexy girlfriend gets her boobs out, and then he inflates her boobs, and then her bum, and then turns her into a big puddle of of sex blob. And then milk coming out of the tits. There's so much detail. Oh no, but it's when the spunk starts coming down her legs like a waterfall. It's like some kind of you know, like when you go to like a wedding and there's a chocolate fountain. It's like oh, this is a Vaseline fountain (laughs) for all your chap lip needs. It was was remarkable. I, I very much enjoyed it. Yeah. It's great, isn't it? I wasn't sure about this when it first started. I was just like, oh, I think, I think I'd got kind of dark superhero type movie fatigue, but I really, really enjoyed it. It's like proper trashy fun. Um, I described the scene where the woman gets turned into a big ball of tits and bum to my boyfriend, and and he was like, why does why does that happen? And I was like, oh, uh, her boyfriend, who's also a demon, is annoyed with her, and he was like, yeah, but I mean, that's not really a punishment, is it? So uh, <laughs> he needs to have therapy. Um, but yeah, this um, it's a brilliant piece of mad bonkersness and then by the end it had almost reached kind of lair of the white worm insanity when there was the whole snake stomach snake face thing snake face um that was um that was awesome so yeah i really enjoyed it and also the completely mad swivel-eyed overacting of the guy playing the main Mm. character is incredible there's the scene Mm. where there's a chase on the subway train and he goes "Uh oh (laughs) just brilliant i know it is brilliant um yeah i had a a lot of fun with this one it's uh, a subway bit where he um cuts the train in half and that makes the cop stop shooting them what do they think their bullets are just going to fall into the gap or something (laughs) He seems to really hate Breed by Soulfly, that the Doctor plays him in his cell. Yeah. And it's all because Breed Apart by Sepulzura was playing when he was attacked and his, his girlfriend was killed. So he must have something against Max Cavalera, really. He probably um, killed his son. So that's a very, very specific 90s metal joke. Max Cavalera went, went a bit mental because his son got killed. But anyway. Oh, right. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Stepson. Yeah, there you go. I've killed killed the room with my ninety specific metal joke. <laughs> Sorry. Very, very, very niche, Dave. You invited me on. You knew what was going to happen. This couldn't be made now with the music, the score that it has, and the soundtrack. It just, it worked perfectly for it, and it's just a ridiculous film. And the music's mixed so loud. Oh, it's, it's yeah. insane. I was about to say the sound mix is ridiculous. It's one of those films that like you you just have to constantly sit and ride the volume of it. Otherwise, your neighbours are going to have an argument. Oh, no, I, I, I just let my neighbours enjoy it. I, I was watching it on Thursday evening. You know, it was a reasonable hour. And I thought, fuck it. If this is going to be pumping out nail bomb, then I'm going to be... <laughs> they're going to have to have their walls rattle into the, to the dulcet tunes of For Fuck's Sake by Nail Bomb. <laughs> Um, more, more Max Cavalera. He gets around on this film. He certainly does. To him, them and Alex from Fudge Tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> Join us next week for more '90s metal facts. <laughs> they used to, they used to have a T-shirt with a back print said "Sweet like a brick to a cop's face." Nice. There's that secret society called the Hand, evil secret society, and yet somehow he googles or whatever fake Google yeah. site they're using. And this evil secret society with the most generic name, The Hand, is the fourth hit. Yeah. Like, if your band was called The Hand, you'd be doomed to obscurity because no one would be able to find anything about you. 
But didn't you love that the whole kind of like uh, like late nineties Geocities kind of web page where he found mm. all about witchcraft? It's like, <laughs> oh, it's so easy. All you needed was AOL, and you could just find out about the Dark yeah. Lord. Yeah, he's very very late nineties. I was expecting to see the hamster dance pop up, <laughs> <laughs> like the evil hamster dance. Well, how did they get away with? You know, I mean, obviously, uh, the, the comics kind of predate it, but they don't predate the sheer amount of Marvel copyright infringement because Faust with his two claws that come out of his hand and his kind of little bits that spike mm. up just looks like Wolverine. And the hand is famously the clan of ninja assassins from Daredevil. I don't know, but what I do feel is that this works better than, like, you know, other superhero movies I've had to watch this month. Because <laughs> it doesn't feel like it's kind of stifled by, like, the lore and the nerdery of comic book fans. You know, it doesn't feel like it's having to work around existing preconceptions of what the character is. I've no idea what the fucking comic book's version of Faust is, but it feels like a proper self-contained film that um, has been written as a film and not to satisfy some dickheads. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's very much that though, isn't it? I mean, like, Faust the comic book is part of that kind of late 80s kind of idea when everyone went oh comic books are for adults now and it's really just because there were now some tits and some murders basically right. in comic books and everyone went oh they're for grown-ups now and it was it like graphic society. novel for mature readers where you're going to see some tits you might see some eyeballs you might even see a cock absolutely it's an art form <laughs> everyone's gonna like bondage and neil gaiman's gonna show up at some point that was the kind of the vibe yeah <laughs> three million euro budget this is well low budget i think it looks amazing screaming mad george did some incredible stuff on this mm. for the price yeah it's a shame that there is those few bits of cgi here and there um, but I guess that was cost saving, wasn't it? I suppose. Screaming Mad George is the absolute fucking hero of this film, to be honest with you. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I love Screaming Mad George. You ever seen uh, Freaked, the Alex Winter film? Oh, yeah. Love Freaked. Yeah. The, the design works in Freaked is so, mwah, so fucking mm. good. Well, talking of Screaming Mad George, uh, Faust isn't the only superhero movie that he was involved with because in 1991, he co directed the manga adaptation Guyver which also has Jeffrey Coombs in it. The reanimator star plays Dr. East. Do you see what they did there? And the main villain is uh, reanimator's David Gale. So they get a bit of a reunion. So what what do you think of Guyver? Shit. It is shit. I watched this probably on Channel 5 in the late 90s, and um, I remember thinking it was quite fun, but I realised re-watching it, it is shit, and I was probably very drunk at the time. (laughs) <laughs> it's not ter- it's not shit it's, it's just it's got its charms I love how it's evoking the whole like early Batman like with the white screens and stuff 20 minutes in they decide to start doing this transition shot where the screen would open up and it would mm. play a quick bit of music it did that four times and then just stopped. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, what yeah. was the point of that? <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. So it's, it's it's a little bit charming, but it's also not very good. And it's like ninja, uh, fucking Power Rangers, like the costumes. I mean, it is shit, but I think it just about gets away with it just because it's like consistently fun. The main problem with Guyver is if you miss the ridiculously overly detailed three-page crawl at the start where it just basically goes, here's a load of bollocks, here's a load of bollocks that does this, this person forget this person. It's like the Old Testament. (laughs) Do you think they had to add that after like test screenings where people were like, I have no idea what the fuck that was about. And they say, oh, we'll put an explanation at the start then. 
it, it kind of just it, it was fun enough and I really again I really like the Screaming Mad George design work I, I love all the stupid rubbery aliens I like this kind of you know give it that that lovely kind of Godzilla-y feel but ultimately what I, I'm none the wiser as to what happened having watched it than if I hadn't watched it if uh, but I, I know there were a lot of fights and some some very wet amphibious aliens and someone had a power but to be fair I don't feel like I need to know more I, I, I feel like I was edified enough by the experience without the detail what do you think of um, Mark Hamill as a tough cop <laughs> What a moustache is what I'm yeah. going to say. Why has he got pedo tash? Because Mate, he looks like I, Ian Beale. He does look like <laughs> Ian Beale's let himself go. The um, the final transformation sequence when he goes all alienified is quality, screaming mad George, rubbery puppets, mm. awesomeness. And the horrible tash looks extra weird and creepy when it's on the face of a distorted rubber Mark <laughs> Hamill face. <laughs> so I think he had the pedo tash just because it looked weird on the monster. I, I don't know. Because this is being a remake of a cartoon, I just think. The cartoon makes sense with all the monsters, but with this, it just doesn't really. Well, the fight choreography is boring, isn't it? It's just mm. the, the sets are shit. It's just like a load of people in shit costumes beating <laughs> each other up for ages in not a very exciting way in really small rooms. To a really tedious score as well. The score is so sort of meh. But like I say, I mean, it's got a sense of fun about it. Because it's got that sense of fun and because it's got that kind of enthusiasm of, hey, we're doing this thing, it's much as it is not a great movie. You know, I don't, I don't hate it because it's just a little bit like, oh, bless them, they're trying. Yeah. And also Rubber Monsters, which is always good. <laughs> but I feel like if I'd have rented this from Blockbuster in 1991 and had watched it stoned with my stupid friends, I'd have a lot more affection for it. But maybe 2022 like it's not the right time for me to see this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously Marvel and DC are the two biggest names in superhero comics and we've looked at three of their movie offerings. Uh, for DC, we can go back to 1982's Swamp Thing directed by Wes Craven of course. Um I are they taking it seriously? I cannot. It's like they're taking it so seriously, but it's so silly, especially by the end. That's the thing I'd never understood about this: that it is way too serious, and then it just gets so over the top with like all the yeah. effects that they use. So why carry it on for that? Like the comic books are, are very, very serious, but I think with an idea like this, they should have made it a lot more silly. Like it does get silly, but it should have been like that throughout. It's when that big fat guy gets turned into the tiny little rat man, and <laughs> then suddenly is all like. You must escape under the tunnel in this well. And it's like, what the fuck's happened to this film? It suddenly turned into a labyrinth or something. I mean, it is just tonally all over the place, and it is. I mean, it's like like the first part of it plays like maybe like it's a twelve, and then there's just like ten minutes of Adrian Barbo with a top off, and for no plot-driven reason other than we'll get some perverts in for this. Mm. Yeah, well, they had to cut all the nudity out for the PG rating in America. Right. Well, I mean, it's so weird watching David Hess in a PG. It's like he's he's not going to sexually assault anyone in this, is he? <laughs> <laughs> Let him do what he's best at. <laughs> if you're a fucking comic book nerd, so, something's one of those things where it's it's one of the best examples of someone taking a very very silly existing medium and doing something really fun and thoughtful with it. But this film's... Uh, I mean, half of it plays like a six-form production of Predator, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 with the forests and the shooting and all that. It's an odd one. I like it. I did like it a lot. I don't think much of the science when he figures out that the formula makes you more of your essence. So it made him strong, but it made Bruno stupid. And it, and then Bruno isn't even stupid because he, he's suddenly like 
eloquent when he gets turned into the rat boy. I don't get it. And also there's far too many variables. You know, it could be because Alec jumped into water that he turned into Swamp Thing. It could be if you drink it, then you get turned into the rat boy. I mean, it's bad science. I think it's because he's been fucking flowers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And how do you do that exactly? You stick a big orchid right up your japs eye. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Surely it was more like he'd been fucking vines, because that was kind of what Swamp Thing was like. That would be harder. Tin of spray starch. Bit of Vaseline straight up the ass. Vines. Yeah, yeah, that. But that's not fucking vines. That's being fucked by a vine. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's a fair point. Well made. <laughs> <laughs> Education. Um, the other DC effort uh, we watched, and DC doesn't stand for dick cabbage or any kind of <laughs> vegetation. It's more boring than that. <laughs> Although the actor that played Swamp Thing was called something like Dick Do Hom or something, wasn't he? He had a, he had yeah, a, he had a yeah, ridiculous yeah. dick-based name. Dick Do Rock, I think. Dick Do Dick Do Rock. <laughs> <laughs> dick the rock. Uh, the other DC effort we've watched is 2005's Constantine, in which... well. I, Fucking hell, I don't think I've ever been less interested in what happens in a film than watching <laughs> Constantine. I was bored shitless. It's not Constantine, though, is it? It's... I don't know. It's, it's well, the only Constantine I've come across. The original Constantine, the comic book, he's a scouser and he's blonde and he's supposed to look like Sting. Smokes a load of fags, he's a bit of a cock, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we got Keanu Reeves instead and <laughs> Would it have been better or worse if Keanu had tried to do Scouse? Oh, it would have been infinitely better. Uh, yeah, I mean, can you imagine after Dracula if he'd have done Scouse? <laughs> <laughs> I've read some of the um, the Hellblazer, which is the, the comic this is based off of, and they missed the mark, really. And I think it's, it's a bit of a shame because I love a sort of a paranormal detective story when it's done well. But it always seems to be one of those things that works quite nicely in sort of comics or in short stories. But in film, it always comes out a little bit dodgy. But the fact with this one, they're a little bit uncertain of you know what the kind of mythology is and it's just all kind of throwing everything at it and going this is Moses Shroud and now I've burnt it and it's all yeah it's all weird (laughs) but you know I I like the monster that's made up of creatures that's fun yeah and Tilda Swinton's good in it yeah. Why is she in it? Why is she in such a load of shit? Got to pay them bills. Well, I hope she bought something nice because I mean, it's, <laughs> it's really. I don't know if it's because, like, you know, not being a Christian, I don't care about what happens in it, or if it's just so badly written that I don't care. Or maybe it's just because, like, the first two scenes are really good. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm quite, I'm quite up for this. And then it's just like, oh, I'll tell you what I did, really didn't like about it. It has its own formula, which is Keanu Reeves and Rachel Weiss. neither of whom are very good in this at all, just muttering to each other a load of like mumbo-jumbo shit. And then an action scene, mainly with CGI. And it's just like gets into this rhythm of doing that. Like every three minutes is like an action scene. And they're all like just totally unspectacular because it's like cartoon demons or whatever that I don't give a fuck about. It's meant to be a horror film. Why is there a load of cartoons turning up every now? Yeah. And I said, I think the one really effective scene, apart from the two opening scenes, is the bit where Pruitt Taylor Vince drinks himself to death in the supermarket. Oh. You know, just like acting and you know, a bit of scary music and a good idea. Um, but nah, two hours of this. And then afterwards, I read the synopsis on Wikipedia to see if I'd missed any important things. Um, well, I tried reading it. Fucking hell. Reading the plots of these superhero films is one of the 
I mean, they're just, they're just so shit and uninteresting to me. It's like plots. Lord of the Rings, isn't it? It's like it's like reading four pages of Tolkien explaining a tree. It's like yeah, yeah, fun. yeah, yeah. It's like I care so fucking little about this kind of shit. <laughs> I chose this theme obviously last month, and I think I must have just been like in the mood to you know push myself, push myself to experience things that I have not you know watched before. Most people, when they're in that mindset, take up something like hot yoga. Well, <laughs> immediately after we recorded the last episode, I went off to Africa for a week, which I've never been to before. Which um, country? Cabo Verde. Um, Remember that one? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I was there for a week. <laughs> it was lovely. Uh, I did a dance size class. Never done that before. Played beach volleyball. Never done that before. I went fucking scuba diving. And then I got back and I started having to watch these superhero films. I was like, I really don't need to push my boundaries in this way. This is, <laughs> boundaries have been pushed. I do not need to watch a load of shit films. Pushed on the wrong boundary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. $100 million, Constantine cost. $100 million fucking dollars for this load of shit. Oh, it's bad, man. I mean, I mean, I saw this movie at the cinema. I, I, I'm a big fan of the source material. And I was just, I, I came out of this disgusted and bored <laughs> bored and like just bored to death you know, like it's like whenever hollywood gets hold of something that's kind of got a bit of regional inflection and where the cultural references are quite british and there's quite a british tone to it and they go well none of this stuff matters it's all about the fucking febrile fin plot and they just just take everything that's good about it out and just put Keanu Reeves in it and it's like mm. well what 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 you should have just made a different film you should have just made a film that isn't called this called the Keanu Reeves ruins films film the Keanu Reeves experience <laughs> yeah just that it's, it's rubbish I'd rather watch Keanu Reeves band than watch this film again <laughs> like you said I think the opening that whole mirror scene is 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 fun enough for what it does and then it just turns really really gimmicky and just drags i don't know why they just had to do a load of slow motion bits in this and the bit that bothered me the most is when kiano's getting out of the taxi and they have to do a slow-mo of his cigarette being flicked out the window (laughs) and then dropping to the ground in slow motion but it pays no purpose to what's going on. It's just things like that they did throughout this that just really didn't work. Like casting Gavin Rossdale from Bush. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say. Gavin Rossdale in his third most famous role after being in Bush and being Gwen Stefani's Gwen beard. Stefani. Yeah. And having an affair with uh, the 80s pop star Marilyn when Marilyn, um, yeah. Rossdale was exactly. a teenager. Gavin Rossdale shagged Marilyn? Yeah, yeah. 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 Really? Gavin Rossdale is, is very much, I think, on the, uh, on the hello, fellow heterosexuals tip. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> How do you do, fellow heterosexuals? I, I, I don't believe that's the way his bread is buttered at all, so bless him. Okay. I'm just trying to figure out if there's any way I can leave that bit in. But. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Oh, I mean, no, I'm in no way. I'm in no way insinuating there's anything wrong with it. Uh, but that's not. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a shame that he's had to live his life as a lie. Right. Well, moving on. Um, <laughs> I think what I hate the most about Blade. Uh, it's the fact that I can no longer claim uh, that the, the most recent Marvel movie I ever watched was Howard the Duck, because now it's fucking Blade. <laughs> oh, I hated Blade. It's Why awful. do you hate Blade? Well, because it's two fucking hours of ridiculous characters 
beating each other up and shooting at each other. Sort yeah, of time outs for absolute bollocks mythology that I don't care about and a load of CGI yeah, that I don't care about. Yeah, like fucking bodies vaporising into nowhere when they're killed like it's some shit video game or something. Yeah, it's yeah, brilliant. I, it's not brilliant. It's all shit. It's rubbish. Yeah, it's brilliant. You pick the wrong Blade. Blade 2 is the good Blade film. Well, that's directed by Guillermo del Toro. I don't really like Guillermo del Toro, so uh, uh, we wow. swerved that one. And uh, I think, Luke, didn't you say Blade 2 is terrible? No, I said Blade Trinity. Blade Trinity. Yeah, Blade, Blade Trinity is terrible. I quite enjoy Blade. I'm quite nostalgic for Blade. I quite enjoyed myself with it again. I quite like Wesley Snipes doing Wesley Snipes stuff. The opening scene's good, and the the opening scene's brilliant. Yeah, the big fight at the end, I think, is very, very well choreographed. Well, the bit where they blow up into like balloons or whatever. Well, yeah, that bit that's silly, but the actual kind of like kung fu-y sword fighting beforehand is is pretty cool. Oh, Stephen Dorff's in it, and Stephen Dorff's never good in anything. Stephen Dorff's good in this. Uh, I like the way that um, Udo Kier and Stephen Dorff both play vampires, and Stephen Dorff obviously had to get like special glowing contact lenses for it, and Udo Kier just turned <laughs> up with his normal eyes. Yeah, he just turned up. He didn't even get changed. He was literally like, yeah. "Where do you want me?" And they're like, "There you go, Udo." <laughs> yeah. Don't shout about gallbladders in this one. It's not kind of movie. <laughs> Fuck life in the gallbladder. Fuck it in the gallbladder. I suppose I quite like the character of Whistler. Who's, who's the most? Who's the most angry musician? H from Steps. No, no, it's it's a pissed pissed officer. Fuck me. <laughs> the fucking hell! The bit about an hour and twenty minutes in when you find out that Blade's real name is Eric. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? Eric? What's wrong with Eric? That's Banana Man's real name. Yeah. I would watch a gritty reboot of Banana Man. Eric. <laughs> I might. Uh, oh, could you imagine Banana Man if you had the same guy that did the special effects for Faust? Oh, <laughs> that, would, oh wow. that would be brilliant. <laughs> but there's going to be a Blade origin story, isn't there? And the film's going to have to just be called Eric. <laughs> So Marvel were meant to be doing a new Blade film and it was even on their whole thing of films they were going to be bringing out and they've just dropped it. I think it's still coming. I mean, they, they, still teased, they, yeah, they, they teased it at the end of Eternals. It, like Mahershala Ali had a voiceover cameo. It's coming. They're going to do the whole Midnight Suns thing, I think, Marvel. But I, I, I'm not going to mention how much I know about Marvel films while Cliff's here because <laughs> I want to retain some level of respect for me. <laughs> Eric. <laughs> Fucking Eric. And then, I mean, to be fair, his nemesis is called Deacon, so essentially you're watching a film about, about Eric and Deacon having but a fight. isn't there Deacon in, like, um, kiddlehood, adulthood, all those movies? I swear there's a character in that called Deacon that everyone's always uh, fighting. Adam Deacon's the Isn't actor, the actor isn't called Adam Deacon? Yeah. But don't they actually yeah. have a character called Deacon as well? Oh, or maybe it's Top, maybe Top mm-hmm. Boy has a character called Deacon. I just remember a Deacon being in some <laughs> British show or film well you're not thinking of Blue Peter I was going to say please no one say Joey Deacon yes someone say Joey Deacon I like the men that turn into tomatoes and explode that's my favourite thing about this film CGI is so bad no no but I'm saying yeah they used the same CGI twice for the people blowing up they just zoom it out on the final person like I used to love Blade when it first came out I still like it and I still think the the fight scenes are fun but I do think there is a section where it does drag. It doesn't need to be two hours long. Just No, yeah. definitely not. It's a bit of kind of like fun popcorn movie but it doesn't need to be two hours long. I ain't got time for that. I like the bits where like Wesley Snipes will be kind of cool and a bit of a badass but then he'll just mug to camera and go 
Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you want to explain the mime for the listeners? Oh yeah, yeah, that, that, that would work. Sorry, um, he kind of like pulls his arm back in a kind. Of, how would you describe that? Like a triumphant arm pump, like Kevin McAllister, like, like yes, exactly like that. Home Alone. Oh, sorry, that's a Kevin McAllister. I thought that was the bloke who presented Grand Designs. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it was more like James Herriot when he's finished with a cow. <laughs> I would like to see the version of All Creatures Great and Small where he, he has his hand up a cow and then immediately retracts it and goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> celebratory <laughs> fist bump with cow placenta all over Maybe him. that's Hellboy's origin story. <laughs> anyway, we'll get on to Hellboy. Uh, uh, Blade, I was actually expecting to like it because everyone seems to like Blade. Whereas Spawn, on the other hand, virtually everyone says is a total stinker. Oh, it's a piece of shit. It's weird that they bought it out the same year. As Princess Diana died. <laughs> the same year that the animated <laughs> animated show started. <laughs> they bought it out the same year, and the animated show is really, really good. And yeah. then this just didn't get it right in any way. Well, that's interesting, because I get, I, I get what they're trying to do with Spawn, and I think they pretty much nail it, which is like a live-action cartoon. But... Surely the point of doing a live action cartoon is that it's all live action and there's so much just animated CGI shit in this one that it, it just ruins the point. But I think uh, tonally, I think they probably achieved what they were going for because it's pretty fucking mental. Mm. I just found um, Clown Violator, like I know mm. they're meant to be a character that you don't like but mm. I just found them annoying after a while. Like, they mm. got overly annoying. And I still wonder how those parents were like, yeah, this clown's fine to have at our kid's birthday party. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it's saying so much stuff. And they're just like, yeah, yeah, he's just making balloons for them. He's got a fag and a fucking cocktail. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, 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 I saw this at the cinema, uh, and I was really looking forward to it. I, you know, I, I worked in a comic shop when I was... When I was a teenager, I was kind of big into Spawn. I got the first issue, all of that stuff. I was looking forward to this film. And I came out of that cinema and thought it was one of the worst films I'd ever seen in my life. And I've rewatched it now and I'm doubling down on that. I think this is one of the very worst films I've ever seen. Really? I hate it. I hate it viscerally. Is that because of your love of the comic? You nerd. I don't even really fucking love the comic. I just think this it's just such a a turd of a film. Just just like John Legizamo fucking farting. It just it just mm. makes me want to fucking stab myself through the lungs. Even when he has his last line saying, Oh, you're like a little head and it's just like uh, yeah. it's, just, it's just so try hard, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> There's only so many times you can see CGI flames as well. Like the amount of times they keep showing the CGI flames or them yeah. dropping into hell, which is those fucking opening titles. It looks like oh. a, like a animated version of a like a cheap industrial CD, doesn't it? The scenes in hell are just. I mean, I've, I've seen kind of like silly YouTube videos where someone was like, "Oh, look, it's the devil." The way the effects were better than that, but this does come from an era where um, a lot of the CGI looks like a really bad screensaver. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the other thing that hasn't aged well about the credits is where the visual effects supervisor, his nickname is mentioned, Steve Spaz Williams, and then and that's the what whole the dog's film, called. The dog's called Spaz, and they don't. Stop saying spaz the whole time. Maybe it doesn't have the same connotations in the States. Yeah, apparently not, it doesn't. I am not um, doing a callback to that Blue Peter in, reference. In Australia <laughs> and... None of us are. What about Australia, Luke? In Australia and the UK, it has the same use. Mm-hmm. But when I've spoken to people about it in America, they have no idea about that word. So I just... 
I don't know what it was meant to mean in the film. Yeah, so they claim. They do. They yeah. They use spells. They do. Derogatory. They know. <laughs> Sticking with demonic characters, Hellboy from 2004's Hellboy is so strong he can crush an empty Red Bull can with his one massive hand. <laughs> And they had to use CGI to do that fucking Red Bull can crush. When it, what was wrong with a nice mechanical hand effect? Why did they have to, the results of terrible CGI? Again, oh, these films piss me off. Um, Hellboy, I hated it. Why did you hate it? Well, for one, it's really uninteresting. <laughs> it's got such a dull story. It gives me no reason to know or care about Hellboy. It doesn't feel like it, it has to be a Hellboy film. As someone who doesn't know anything about who Hellboy is in the comic books, apart from a big red bloke with a massive arm for some reason. Why does this film need to be about this particular character? I, I don't care about Hellboy. I, I just don't care about it. I love how little you care about superheroes. This is worse than when we did that one about spaceships. I've never read a Hellboy comic in my life. I've got no skin in the game, Hellboy-wise. But I really like this. I think it's, I think it's fun. I think it's stylishly done. I think it's got a really nice... Like kind of bondage ghost ninja Nazi. Mm. I like the coggy stuff. I like the fact that Selma Blair glows blue and sets stuff on fire. The coggy stuff, there's kind of um, clockwork zombie autopsy. That was a good scene. Yeah. Obviously, John Hurt's good in anything he's ever in. I thought that Kevin Trainer was really well cast as the young John Hurt. He looks just uncanny. It's amazing. Mm. Yeah, no, it wasn't like entirely, entirely awful. I just didn't like it. Is you know I don't fucking care about him beating up a, again a big CGI monster. I just don't. I just don't. Not interested. I was about to say the sequel's um, <laughs> better, but then it is more monsters and him fighting a big a big monster. It has got Luke Goss in it though the sequel. And also the sequel of Blade. He was he was the main villain in the, in Blade Two as well. Luke Goss. Oh, okay. Ah. Him and um, Del Toro oh. go out for pints together. Well, yeah, apparently so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't like Del Toro, as I said. It's, um, I just find his stuff a bit too sentimental and tasteful. Yeah. You ever seen Pacific Rim? <laughs> no, I've not seen fucking Pacific <laughs> Rim. That's not tasteful. In no way. Really? Just a kaiju movie. Yeah, but I bet it's a really tasteful kaiju movie, because it's Del Toro. There's some parts, but for the most part of it, it's just big robots and monsters fighting in the city, and that oh, is it. I bet, there's, I bet there's sweeping strings and, like... A, Child a little, there's a child a crying at one point. That's yeah, of course it. there is. Yeah, I don't like Del Toro. <laughs> and and the the use of um, Nick Cave's red right hand is a bit on the nose, isn't it? Mm. It's, it's like he's all red. And it's a cover. It's, it's, yeah, it's a, cover it's a very well. bad it's cover Cave. of it yeah. as well. Yeah, he's all red though. Why why specifically his red right hand? I mean, why not red bell end? I'm sure he's got. Actually, <laughs> that might be the one bit of him that's not red. Might have a bright purple one. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Well, I think it's probably just because of the lack of songs written on the subject, but the, I mean, there is a gap in the market, clearly, for the sequel. <laughs> Talking of the music in this film, that final song on the end credits is so bad, it's not even listed, and I cannot find on the internet... I couldn't Shazam it. I couldn't find anyone asking what it is on the internet. It's as if the entire Hellboy fandom has agreed to pretend it never happened. Are you referring to the, the punk pop song about Hellboy? Yeah. Yeah, that is bad. Ooh. Oh, it's really bad. Yeah. I don't remember that. I blocked that out. There you go. I, I did get the impression that he was kind of doing it as if he'd made a 70s cartoon of Hellboy. Hmm. That would have possibly been the soundtrack. So I kind of thought it was a bit tongue-in-cheek, but yeah. nonetheless awful. Was it as good or worse than the Wolf Cop song? Oh, nothing's as good as the Wolf Cop song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the Wolf Cop. <laughs> um, 
I don't. I, I feel like I've missed out. Where's the Wolfcock song? It just it's just a oh, rap. Wolf it's cop. Just... cop, not cock. cock. <laughs> For once, we're not talking <laughs> about cocks on this podcast. Oh, okay, right. Sorry, I've, sorry, I've, I've lowered the tone again, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> The only thing I really had a problem with is his really horrible kind of wispy douche lord beard that they've given him. The little kind of, do you know what I mean? Oh, like the what, little the, guy, the the guy Frieri kind yeah. of, yeah. Yeah, there's no need for that. Yeah, the kind of quim trim. Imagine what he'd be like with Mark Hamill's pedo tash, though. Amazing. <laughs> I've lost everything, Phil! <laughs> All right, not all of these things are adapted from comic books, and to my mind, they're probably better when they're not. One example is Sam Raimi's Darkman, which went from original screenplay to Marvel comic. That way round. Dave, you say you've seen Darkman tons of times. Look, I love Sam Raimi films, and I've I've seen Darkman probably 20 times. I love Darkman. I love everything about it. I love how stupid it is. And I love mainly shouting, take the fucking elephant at people. That's my favourite. It really captures that thing where he's about to lose control and he's trying to kind of grip on and he's you kind of get the close-ups of his face with the horrible, dirty bandages. And he's, he's just more horrible than he needs to be because there's nothing in his world that's stopping him having a shower, right? But he's, he's still dirty all the way through, right? I genuinely think, like, you know, even though this was a kind of a proto superhero film, it's still one of the best superhero films ever made. And I think Sam Raimi's made two of the best superhero films ever made in this and Spider Man 2, which is still just mm. one of the best. He's really good at superhero films, Sam Raimi. I mean, he's really good at gore and ridiculousness. But it's like the genre was made for him. Well, he, he turns Dr. Octopus into the rapey tree, doesn't he, from mm. uh, from Evil Dead? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that, man. Basically, Robocop, though, isn't it? Yes. Right down to how the finale is set, a very similar kind of abandoned factory type thing. There's even a great big vat of acid, but it doesn't get used, which is a a travesty. (laughs) No one falls into it. But the one thing that bugs me a bit is the whole thing about him. um, He can only wear a face for 99 minutes in the sunlight, and that's why he has to hide in the dark. Except it's not barely used, is it? Because he's in the dark without a face most of the time. Instead, I'd like to have seen more of this kind of idea that if he spends too long in the daylight, his face will fall off. But do you want to just see his face fall off? Yeah, basically, I want to see his face fall off (laughs) over and over again. With the Benny Hill music. Obviously. That's what I was saying. (laughs) To be fair, I'd watch that. Yeah, I think Darkman's got kind of shades of Robocop and also of like the the Tim Burton Batman from 89. But I think they would probably have been in production around the same kind of time. But yeah, it's, it's, it's good fun. Though one thing... Um, is a little bit sad is that he did actually want to cast Bruce Campbell as Dark Man, but the studio said no. So that's why Bruce Campbell yeah. just randomly turns you get up at the, the end. end though, don't you? Yeah. yeah, but only briefly. I very happy that it's Liam Neeson and Francis McDormand. It's just mental that there's two such huge stars in this really schlocky film. Neither of whom will be back for either of the sequels. <laughs> I wouldn't. No, no, no. <laughs> the, se- the sequels are fucking terrible if you've ever seen they're, they're so Damn. bad so so bad worse than Tremors sequels <laughs> bad. I'm very happy that Sam Raimi got to direct a film like this it's such a great mix of horror and action I'm guessing it was meant to be comedy but it doesn't feel like it was properly meant to be like I think when there's that whole scene of Ted Raimi when he's got his head out of the drain and the cars are just speeding through like that's such a a brilliant scene. It just feels like sort of slapstick almost because it's just so silly. It's, it was great to see. So let me do this. It's obvious that's why he got Spider-Man um, when they saw sort of, sort of things like this. 
Yeah, I wonder how much of it was him going, I want to direct a big Hollywood action movie, so I'll do what I can on a budget and show them what, what I'm capable of. But, you know, Hollywood's gain is horror's loss. Now he's got Doctor Strange. I'm really excited to see what he does with Doctor Strange because everything that I love about Doctor Strange as a character, kind of Scott Derrickson, who's a fucking hack, ruined in the first <laughs> one. I, I'm just hoping that this one's really, really lurid and kind of acidy and horrible. Anyway. <laughs> I just saw, like, Cliff's brain leave his body. <laughs> And another original concept is sort of a bizarro world version of the 1978 Superman film, 2019's Brightburn. And don't worry, I got that bizarro world reference in Seinfeld, not from any yeah. kind of nerdy comic book knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Brightburn's about a couple who adopt a baby whose alien spacecraft has crashed on their farm, but he grows up to be a right little shit. <laughs> I really, really like the premise. The film feels a little bit like... And for all me moaning about some films being too long, this one felt a little bit like it had bits missing. There's not enough in it, is there? It's, it's too thin, too thin. Yeah. It's the kind of thing where we thought, well, if this was like a short story or indeed even a comic book, this would kind of work a bit. Uh, well, it, it does work, but it, it would, you just get a little bit more sort of fleshed out in there. You just want to see more yeah. of a kind of a slow burn. I'd like to see more characters for him to kill mm. because those two. You know, those two really gory deaths are incredible, especially, fucking hell, the, the eye bit. Oh, God, that's like, awful. I actually, like, made my whole body go, yeah, yeah. yeah, And I'm not normally like that with eye stuff. But this, I mean, that's outdoes zombie flesh eaters, <laughs> I think. Um, and the guy's jaw in the car. Yeah, that's, that's, mm. the, scene, that's the scene that got me. incredible. <laughs> so more of that would have been good. And if it got to where it ends, like half an hour from the end so an hour into it and then like had some kind of little shop of horror style major apocalyptic ending where he's like he's hinted in the end credits mm. but if they'd actually done something with that and made that the last half hour i think it would have been brilliant i think that's the thing that annoyed me the most about it because i saw it in the cinema and when it ended and billy eilish bad guy started playing over the credits it was just annoying to see all those scenes like the airplane crash and all these yeah. types of things and thinking the film's such a missed opportunity not putting those actual yeah, things yeah, yeah, in yeah. the film. It's not a new concept. It's been explored quite a few times. The whole kind of injustice thing in comics looks at what if Superman went really, really bad. And if you... Have if you if seen the... Uh, no, I've the, seen Superman the, 3. Oh, no, that's that's just if like Superman where he, where is he, bad. Where he straightens up the Leaning Tower of Pisa, yeah. I, I, I had to... Uh, I had to. I saw that in the cinema as a kid and the bit where she, the, the woman gets kind of... Oh, I couldn't uh, watch. Turned it around. I had to hide. Me and my mum, I, I started crying and my mum had to take exactly. me out of the cinema. Yeah. Exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, I had to hide until that scene was over. I mean, it's genuinely scary. <laughs> yeah, terrifying, that was. It's still, like, kid. watching it now, it's still pretty fucking, oh, that's really nice. I haven't seen it for years. I'll, I'll, I'll watch that again. Yeah, yeah, it's really well done. If you watch Invincible on, uh, on Amazon, uh, that's a kind of cartoon version that does the kind of what if Superman was an arsehole thing yeah. over, a, over a longer period of time. The boys as well, like the Garth Ennis series, that's what if superheroes were dickheads, and they do that really, really well. Um, and it's really enjoyable. They're about to do Herogasm, the next series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, I just don't know how they're going to do it, because the comic is just fucking filthy. Well, the comic is, Laura, gross. It's so disgusting. <laughs> it's really bad. It's you mean you dick in it? Oh, no, you, I, no it's, 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 it's a lot. <laughs> Two dicks. <laughs> there's a character called love sausage and his whole thing is 
he's got a big penis, so you see a lot of penis. I'm glad they finally made a film about me. <laughs> Cliff loves sausage barns. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got just one to go, and it's our second feature from 1994, Alex Price's The Crow. Carry it up! Carry it up! Carry it up! Carry it up! again. A little party, start a bunch of fires. Make a little profit. You know, someone's dead. They can't come back, can they? That's what I thought. Are you referring to anyone in particular? No, my daddy used to say, every man's got a devil. You can't rest till you find him. Winked at me before he jumped out a fourth floor window like he had wings. Crow is his link between the land of the living and the realm of the dead. Killed A year after rock musician Eric Draven and his fiancée are murdered by a criminal gang, Eric returns from the dead to take revenge. That's another Eric. It's another Eric, yeah. Mm. But he, he's, he's, he is an Eric, though, because he's like, this is obviously such a teen fantasy about, you know, revenge fantasy for bullied kids, isn't it? For bullied goths. So I can, under, I can believe that someone like that would be named Eric. <laughs> anyway, Dave, another one with a um, legendary soundtrack album. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, this is, you know... The, the, I say another one. We didn't even mention the soundtrack of Spawn, but that was... The Spawn soundtrack was kind of like the, almost the spiritual sequel to the Judgment Night soundtrack. Yeah. And, and whereas Judgment Night was largely successful, I think Spawn was maybe 50-50. I don't know. Maybe, I mean, you're more of an electronic fan than I am, so maybe you come from it from a different perspective than. Yeah, that, I love but... them both. I think they're both great albums. And um, just this month, I found out that the Blade Two soundtrack does a similar thing. But I listen to that; it's nowhere near as good as either of uh, Judgment Night or Spawn. But anyway, uh, the, yeah. the soundtrack of the Crow. Yeah, I mean, it's got like Helmet Milk Toast on it. It's got uh, Cure on it. It's got uh, Pantera on there. Stone Temple Pilots. When the film came out, the soundtrack was almost more important to have than than the film. Although I did love the film at the time, I must say. And now? <sighs> now it's a kind of bit of an exercise in nostalgia. I mean, I watched. I, I, I was watching it with Jenny, my wife, and uh, there was like in the opening scenes. You know, he's kind of come back to life and he's climbing up with his top off. He's dripping wet and he's very, very pretty. And she just goes, oh, yeah, I think I'm starting to remember what the appeal was as a teenage girl. <laughs> and it was like, a, there was a very real minute where I thought that the, the armchair she was sitting on was going to become a log flume. But... Um... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's... I, in terms of films with the same with the same um, plot as RoboCop, we've got another one here. It's, 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 yeah. it's Ro- RoboCop with eyeliner um, or guyliner, but I mean, I, I I still have a certain affection for it. It's it's cheesy. There's a very irritating young girl in it. Why they were hanging? Why, the, why was that girl hanging out with those adults? It's weird, isn't it? Uh, where are social services? Um, Ernie Hudson, you were derelict in your duties young man um but i mean I, you know it's, it's it's i'm not really able to be completely objective to this because i enjoyed it so much when i was a teenager but uh yeah i mean it's 
it's all right. It's it, it, it's nicely and stylishly done, isn't it? In places, there's some yeah. nice bits of action. There's some fucking terrible, terrible model work. Bizarrely, really weird kind of like kind of camera flying through an obvious model city that looks like something out of Beetlejuice. Yeah, I think that must be an Alex Breyer's trademark though, because his next film is that Dark City, which is full of that kind of stuff, isn't it? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I you know, it, it's it, it's an imperfect film, but uh, and I, I can see that coming to it with a fresh set of eyes, you could be a bit more derisive of it than I think I'm prepared to be. But I, I, I had fun enough watching it. I was absolutely the target audience for this movie when it came out. And at the time, I just remember being a little bit nonplussed by it and just being like, is that it? I'm just going to go and watch Batman Returns again. Fuck this. Um, But actually rewatching it now, I actually think it's a much better movie than I remember it being. It's got Mm. its flaws and it's a little bit kind of, it feels a little bit like it's been written by 15 year olds. It's just kind of like, oh, it can't rain all the time. Love conquers everything. Oh, death. Oh, graveyards. Um, But it's, yeah, I I still liked it. And yeah, soundtrack's good. I mean, is there anyone here when the police sergeant says, uh, well, Ernie Hudson, when he says, uh, who the fuck gets married at Halloween anyway? Did everyone here just shout at the screen, goths? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've seen my back tattoo. I'm in no way fucking set up to answer that question, am I? So I'm covered in pumpkins. I'm a fucking caricature. <laughs> I agree, Emily. I think it's better than I originally gave it credit for back in the day. Um, it's my favourite film we watched this month, largely because it's so stylish. I just couldn't take my eyes off how black everything is. Like, all the buildings are black, most of the vehicles are black, everyone's hair is black, the costumes are pretty much all black. When this gets released on UHD with an HDR transfer or whatever, um, it's going to look incredible, all those blacks. It's really well designed and, yeah, it's just a fun story as well with, uh, like, just a basic teen revenge fantasy. Uh, done really well. Everyone's really annoying in this film. <laughs> <laughs> I have no like ties to the crow. It's like before my time. Like I have no nostalgia. I'm just aware that someone died for it, and it's not even that good. Well, um, I was wondering actually. Do you think um, so? There's, there's about 20 minutes before Brandon Lee actually speaks in it, which made me think, oh, did they, did they not really get much footage of him? And um, the first 20 minutes are all like really fast cut. Uh, you know, flashbacks to his death and all that. Yeah, as soon as he starts talking, it's, it gets really like, oh God, I wish he had it. Well, I'm, like, I'm wondering if like they kind of made that first 20 minutes to be like, oh, this is going to be really awkward to watch because this guy died and they obviously haven't got much footage of him and oh no there's a body is that really Brandon Lee's body or mm. you know, I, th- I think if they did that deliberately it's pretty cool. They filmed most of his scenes because yeah. The scene that he died in is when they were, you know, when they break into the flat with him and his girlfriend. That's when yeah. he was shot. So they had filmed most of them. So, I, yeah, it's a bit weird that it would seem like they hadn't filmed everything. But in 1998, someone did a fan edit and found more scenes and made it into a different film without that whole yeah. opening bit. What do you think of the film, though? I don't think it's as amazing as a lot of people had said to me before, but I do still think it is. Um, a very good film I think like the set pieces I did like the look of them and I do think setting it all at night does work very well but there's some really Mm. weird insults in this like the guy in the (laughs) pawn shop when he first shoots him in the chest and then sees the hole close up why does he just keep saying shit on me (laughs) (laughs) 
That guy says that a lot. I think it must be, it might be meant to be just a thing that the character says all the time. It's just really odd. I wonder if it's like the PG-13 version of the guy in RoboCop who's going, fuck me, fuck me. It could, it could be but that. It, but it's even it's have... actually a lot worse than fuck me, fuck me, isn't it? Shit on me, shit on me. There's a lot more... Horrible. Have you ever seen the uh, pre-watershed cut of Robocop where the guy's I've just seen going, a, a, a super cut of all those bits. Why me? Yeah. Why <laughs> me? Why me? In this, when a guy gets hit by the car that he then steals, the guy jumps out the car and goes, oh, you arse hair. Yes! What insult? I've never heard that insult before. So yeah, there's just some really weird insults in, in here as well. Did it get a PG-13 in America? Because again, I wonder if that was just a toned down way of saying, oh, asshole, like ass hair. <laughs> very silly. Did it get a PG-13? I think this would have been an R for the violence, but there isn't, mm. there isn't much in the way of uh, fruity language other than the... Uh... Yeah, it was an R. Yeah, that's sort of thing. Okay, so it was an R because the bloke says shit on me instead of fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> R for arse hair. <laughs> that's what R stands for, it's just arse hair. <laughs> what I will say is I bet you any money his band were fucking dog shit. Well, the little girl has the record, doesn't she? Yeah. She, keep, <sighs> she keeps listening to it and it, it, yeah, it doesn't sound good. It sounds like the band in um, Jennifer's Body. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're like the sons of the... Low, shul- low Shoulder. Yeah. That's what they're called, aren't it? Oh. Low Shoulder. Yeah, the band in Jennifer's Body is called Low Shoulder and they're awful. They're really shit. <laughs> sounds like a Chinese pork dish. <laughs> you know how I always moan about realism in these films? Yeah. The girl kept skateboarding in the rain. Um, you can only do that once because your bearings would just yeah, get messed up in the rain. Maybe there were loads of deleted scenes where she bought new skateboards. <laughs> That's why she I has to so. sleep in the cemetery because she spent all her pocket money on skateboards. <laughs> they cut out after Ernie Hudson gave her a hot dog, he also gave her a skateboard. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way that um, there's that scene where he's walking around his flat at night in his just pots, shorts and a vest, but also his police hat so that you know which character it is. <laughs> That's the thing that bothered me. I... <laughs> I he's always annoyed. on. He loves, he loves being in the police. I got annoyed about that where he was wearing his hat. I was like, why has he still got his hat on? And then luckily, Eric points it out, saying you've yeah, still got your hat yeah, on. Yeah. I was like, okay, good. They actually do point it out. It's just not... I kind of assumed that he, at some point, um, Ernie Hudson character's mum would have said, well, I'll buy this for you, but you better wear it. <laughs> you better bloody wear it. That was expensive. Uh, and at this point, there's a cool editing effect. The screen wipes diagonally and a big caption appears. It says, scary noises. <laughs> so it's time to play scary noises. You're going to hear six pairs of audio clips from horror films. One half of each pair will be from a superhero film we've been talking about. The other half won't be. Uh, Dave, what have you brought along as your buzzer type noise? <laughs> I mean, is that from your personal video collection of uh, days out with the kids? Or? I've just downloaded Halloween Soundboard and I've just given all of my data to Russian spies. Cool, cool, cool. Everyone else got their normal noises? Yeah. Who's <laughs> Love Egg? Big Frog and Brian Face. Uh, Brian, what are you using? That's my face. Yeah, that's not a sound. 
Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, the sound that comes out of your face. Yeah, yeah. How about Jacks? I haven't got any of my bits with me today. All right, uh, here's your first pair of scary noises. Who shall I say called? Duncan Eli. Wait just a minute. Would you mind spelling that for me? D U N C. It's the music, um, Darkman. It is Darkman, yeah. And I don't know what the, the dialogue is. Dave, can you figure out what the dialogue is? It's a precocious no. child. Nope. Uh, okay, Luke and Emily, can you get the dialogue? Who shall I say called? Duncan Eli. Wait just a minute. Would you mind spelling that for me? D. U. N. C. A. N. E. L. Y. Anything? I feel like it's one that we watched two months ago. I feel like it's a child in the vents, maybe, but I don't know. A child in the what? In the vents. The vents? Yeah, like they climbed through the vents at one point. Is that a genre? Did we watch that? <laughs> have we have we done an episode on children in vents? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I feel like it's I feel like it's a dubbed movie, or is it not? Oh. It's not. It's one we watched a while ago, about a year ago, yeah, I think. Also, um, there was the Mephisto Waltz. Oh, okay. Right, number two. The damnedest thing. You know this new batch you had me cook up with the host from Alessandro's fur. I knew we were up to something revolutionary. But this is literally dynamite. Yeah, is that Emily with your egg? Uh, yeah, the, is the dialogue from Swamp Thing? Yes. We. Any idea on the music? I uh, don't know. Uh, a space movie. It's not a space movie. Dave and Bryony, can you figure out the music? The damnedest thing. You know this new batch you had me cook up with the host from Alessandro's fur? Uh-huh. I knew we were up to something revolutionary. But this is literally dynamite. Gosh. Incredible. Weird, huh? Congratulations. You managed to reinvent Nitro. I do feel like I do know that soundtrack as well. Mm. It's something spooky, but I don't know which particular thing it is. Is it Prince? No, it's it's not Prince of Darkness, is it? No, I can sort of see why you think that. It does sound quite John Carpenter-ish. It's the Boogeyman. (laughs) Blank faces all around. (laughs) A film that I have not seen. The 2000 No, the 1981. Oh, no, it's not. Okay. Yeah. Number three. Psychiatrist. I also knew he was a fucking scumbag. But I'm a hands-on kind of girl. And since I'm here, it can't hurt me. Yes, Emily. Is the music the Giver? It is, yeah. Yeah. Dialogue? Uh, The fucking scumbag man who was a fucking scumbag. <laughs> Two. <laughs> Dave and Bryony, can you get the dialogue? Psychiatrist. I also knew he was a fucking scumbag. But I'm a hands-on kind of girl, and since I'm here, it can't hurt to deal with some of my own shit. We've covered a lot of ground for our first session. What is it that gives you so much anxiety? I feel there's something you're not telling me. I'm an addict. It's more common than you think in the healthcare profession. Don't know. It's gonna be like something like fucking basket case or something like that, isn't it? Yeah. No. no, it's Nurse 3D. Of course, a film that I didn't. A film that not only I did not have not seen. A film that I did not know existed. Is it just a nurse doing her work in 3D? 
<laughs> Pretty much, yeah, and a lot of killing. Okay. She's a she's a psycho nurse. Uh, you must have seen that, Luke. No, I just know the I know the cover is the nurse's legs. <laughs> I just know that. That's all I know. Well, on the version I've got, the cover is the nurse's tits. Oh, okay. But, you know. <laughs> but yours is a version that you made yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, halfway through, Luke and Emily are ahead, 2-1. Here's number four. Who's the other guy? The guy who was driving that car back then. The guy who picked me up before you did. Was that him in the car? Yeah, sure it was. Did it walk very far? Yeah, Emily. The music is Blade? No. No. Bollocks. And the dialogue? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember what the dialogue was now. Dave and Bryony, can you get the music and the dialogue here? Who's the other guy? The guy who was driving that car back then. The guy who picked me up before you did. Was that him in the car? Yeah, sure it was. Did it walk very far? Why is that? Because I cut off his legs. And his arms. Well, the, the music's the music's the uh, is Satan by Orbital from Spawn soundtrack, and I can't remember Correct. who they did it with. Kirk Hammett. Kirk Hammett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I don't know this. I don't know the dialogue. I'm stumped. Much like the description <laughs> of the Hitcher. Like, like what? Like the description of the Hitcher, the man. What do you think the film is? What? No, I don't know. The film is the Hitcher. Oh God! I said Hitcher. <laughs> Does that count? No, because I asked you what the film was, and you said I don't know. I mean, he's got he's got you there. <laughs> Damn it, so close. I like the way he says he can't get very far because I've cut off his legs. Yeah, and his arms, as if we were picturing <laughs> him fucking walking on his hands, <laughs> his chin. Yeah, you can still do that. Uh, apart from, he's probably bled to death. Anyway, uh, number five. Thank you. What do you look different? He's all painted up white like some kind of dead hole. I seen him. T-Bird, he sent me in for some rope beard, right? And he took him away without chasing him down. And he flat right T-Bird to his fucking car. Oh, T-Bird, here to you, buddy. We ought to just videotape this play it back in slow motion. Anything? Nobody? No. Mm-mm. Wow. Okay, so the music was Army of Darkness. Mm. Okay. And the dialogue was The Crow. Oh. So the score at the moment is two all. Low scoring game. Uh, here's the last pair. It's nice to finally meet you, man. I've had my eye on you for years. I know all of you. Spin-off podcast coming soon for all our all our <laughs> Patreons. Just Brianie going lo 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 Basically, it just sounds like you're doing like one of those John Lewis advert covers of the Crazy Frog. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> oh, no, not the Crazy Frog again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave, did you have any idea on the music on that one? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't get far enough because I just heard. Bryony going Emily and Luke can you draw level by getting the music it's nice to finally meet you man had my eye on you for years I know all about you your serum whistler everything son hey it's a start right the goal of course is to be like you 
Daywalker. You got the best of both worlds. All our strengths, none of our weaknesses. No, no. I mean, it's a tough one. But I know Luke's seen it. I was thinking, yeah, it's no, it's not X, is it? No, no, uh, it's Deerskin. Oh, Deerskin. Yeah. Yes. That is three-two to Dave and Bryony. Well done. Yes. <laughs> Who let the dogs out? Dave, thanks so much for joining us this month. Where can people find you online and in real life? Oh, uh, you can find me uh, online uh, if, if you want to listen to the podcast. Uh, my podcast, Pop Collaborate and Listen. It's me and my friend Krista. We're reviewing every single number one album of the '90s in meticulous detail. Uh, it's for fans of swearing and insults on Phil Collins, basically. And uh, that's Pop Collaborate and Listen. You can find us pclpodcast dot uh, com. And I've got an unnecessarily long wait before you get around to doing the one that I'm going to be guesting on. Yeah. Sometime in 2027, probably. Uh, we're we're going to get you on, man. We're we're going to look forward. To, which one? Would, which one did we decide? Was it Prodigy? No, we, we, I would we, love to, we, but but uh, we decided Wu Tang Forever. But I'll oh, do as many as you want me for Wu Tang Forever, definitely, man. But yeah, we. I mean, our, our schedule is irregular, but we. Uh, yeah. But we, we have fun. Uh, otherwise, you can find me. Uh, I, I kind of run a new comedy club in Brighton called uh, Forge Comedy Club uh, with Stephen Grant. He used to run Comedia. It's the best comedy club in town. Come and fucking check us out. Uh, and you can find me gigging around. I'm at Dave Fensum uh, on most social media, and sometimes I even update it. Wicked. Uh, right next month, something a bit more to my taste. Yes, body horror. Uh, Bryony has picked Slither as one of our features. Um, as the winner of Scary Noises, I suppose that means you get to pick the other one too, aren't you lucky? Oh, blind. Who's a lucky girl? Oh, me. Um, let's do Tetsuo, the Iron Man as well. Oh, God, that's a horrible film. <laughs> yeah. So let's do Sliver and Iron Man. Wicked. So that's Devil Time Survive in April, Body Horror with Slither, Tetsuo and more. And we'll be joined by Chris Mayo of the Big Fat Cult podcast for that one. But for now, it's time for us to hang up our capes and our masks. Uh, unless anyone's got a satanic orgy they fancy inviting me to. <laughs> no? Oh, well, thanks for listening. Lo, lo, lo.